With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Of horses had been driven up, and the owners were picking out their steeds therefrom, and saddling and bridling them. Each warrior carried a long lance, from the point of which a small pennon fluttered, and many of their kayakes and kayakios were conspicuous for the richness of their attire and the brightness of their silver ornaments. A small boy, gaudily dressed, was awaiting outside Anuise Toldiera, and as she rode up respectfully held her bridal rein. As she sprung from her horse, a young man stepped forward to meet her. If abundance of fine clothes, gleaming ornaments, and jingling spurs can make a man handsome in a woman's eyes, then Enochiel might be styled good-looking. Now, Enochiel was a kayake of high degree, being none other than the son of Quintuhal, brother of the great Quastrol, and therefore first cousin to Pignone, Anouise's dead husband. In the natural course of events, and in accordance with the laws hitherto prevailing amongst the Araucanians, Inakayal ought to have been proclaimed a paramount kayake on the death of Quastrel and Pignone, insomuch as this latter's child was only a girl. But the example of Anui had so impressed the warriors, and both Pignone and Quastrel had been so highly respected and loved by the great tribe, that by a vast majority this people had declared that Guardia Pignone's baby girl should reign over them, and as we have already seen, Annie Wee had been appointed queen regent with the full powers of an absolute kayake. Now this arrangement did not at all suit the ambition of Inakayal, who had every desire to wield the power entrusted to Anui. Had not he, Inakayal, accompanied Quastrel and Pignone on their great raid? Had he not, with his own eyes, seen them treacherously killed and their bodies carried off by the Christianos? And had he not brought back the news, expecting to see himself at once proclaimed Kayake? His anger and disappointment may well be imagined when affairs took the turn described, and he found himself supplanted by a mere baby and a girl. But Enochiol, though he had thought it politic to assume an air of submission and acquiescence, was far from feeling well disposed towards Annie Wee. Very bitterly did he resent her intrusion where he had hoped to stand alone, and he had secretly made up his mind to work not only her destruction, but that of the little Guardia as well. A very King John was this crafty Enochiel. "'Do the friends of the great queen draw nigh?' he inquired with a smile, after saluting Anoui, Indian fashion, by raising his right hand, shading his right eye, and touching his forehead with his thumb, middle, and right fingers." Yes, Inakayal, she answered with a glad laugh, and they will be here ere the sun seeks its rest. Do you form up the companies of our warriors while I deck myself as befits a warrior queen? 
the young man's eyes sparkled with anger and rage at these words but deftly concealing his feelings he again saluted respectfully and retired annie wee passing into her own tolderia this erection stood some seventeen feet high being spacious enough inside to accommodate fifty persons it was closed in all round by skin coverings the doorway being fronted by a curtain of gay-coloured silk all round the tolderia ran a kind of veranda the canopy of which was formed of interwoven branches covered with bright green leaves a small union jack flag ornamented the top of the structure which inside possessed an air of comfort and civilization quite strange to behold several beds made of the soft warm skins of the vicuña and guanaco and raised from the ground on neatly arranged blocks of wood stood side by side in line and shields bows and arrows spears guns and rifles puma guanaco and vicuña heads were tastefully and skilfully hung from the woodwork and pine posts to which the hide walls of this spacious dwelling were attached lying on one of these beds and cosily wrapped in a magnificent skunk and wildcat fur kappa was a little copper-colored baby with large dark eyes and a solemn grave face its tiny hands grasped two small silver bell ornaments which they jingled together unceasingly every now and then the baby would break into a joyous laugh and crow with delight sounds which instantly chased away the solemn look on its face and brought in its place a merry happy expression when annie wee entered baby at once dropped its playthings and stretching out its little arms to the girl gave vent to sounds of delight judging by the smiles that wreathed its well-formed dark red lips the young queen at once responded to its evident invitation to approach and crossing to the bed lifted the tiny mite in her arms guardia child of my heart she exclaimed tenderly as the little creature clasped her round the neck was guardia looking for mamita again the little guardia crowed and laughed she could not speak being barely eight months old but she could show how much she loved her young mother by the numberless caresses which she bestowed upon her Anawi, however had the important duty to perform of arraying herself in warrior attire graviel she called and as she spoke a tall slim indian youth arose from the side of the baby kayake's bed by which she had been keeping watch whenever annie wee left the child she always placed it in the care of this boy for she knew that she could trust him he had been pignone's favorite attendant and graviel worshipped the very ground that annie wee trod on he would have died before harm befell his charge graviel take the kayake observed annie wee gravely and amuse her the indian youth obeyed handling his baby chieftainess with the greatest care and in a few moments he had completely engrossed her attention by singing to her in a low chanting voice meanwhile annie wee turned her attention to her attire drawing aside a silken curtain she entered an alcove in the tolderia which was reserved as her robing room and was soon busy aided by her indian women when she issued therefrom she looked splendid indeed a magnificent crimson poncho hung over her shoulders adorned with sparkling golden threads and she had on snowy white drawers and neat patro boots upon which silver spurs jingled a short sword and a bright silver scabbard hung by her side and on her head poised slightly on one side was a cap of crimson velvet encircled by a band of massive silver from which drooped two gray ostrich feathers decidedly annie wee looked very handsome and every inch a queen under the soothing influence of graviel's chant the baby queen had fallen asleep and lay peacefully in the arms of her faithful young retainer bending over her the girl mother imprinted a gentle kiss on her forehead 
Even as she did so, the far-off sound of a bugle call penetrated to the Tolduria and brought Annie Wee at once to attention. "'Quick, Graviel,' she exclaimed, "'take the Kayake to Blanca, and bid her to put the child to rest, and do you keep watch on the Tolduria. Yonder bugle heralds the approach of the great British Kayakes, whom Annie Wee must hasten to welcome.' A loud shout from three hundred warrior throats greeted her appearance. A milk-white horse awaited her in front of the Tolduria. In a moment, Annie Wee was in the saddle and looking eagerly ahead. Ah, yes, indeed, her white friends were near. There was no mistaking Harry Vane's loud and familiar hoo-hoop. The next instant, the white horse swept up the valley at full speed in the van of three hundred shouting warriors, brandishing their spurs, firing off their guns, and charging upon the advancing party. End of section 1.